I choose Ezekiel because not a lot of people know Ezekiel, and I can say whatever I want, and you don't have any idea. All right, fine, whatever, three. I know how this is going to go. Hey, Ezekiel is a long book, and uh, it's pretty intense to read through. Uh, basic outline, chapters one through three, God's glory, Ezekiel called as a prophet. Chapters four through 24, God is announcing judgment on Judah. That's the southern kingdom of Israel. Basically, long story short, bad things are going to happen. And then 25 through 32, God announces judgments against all the other nations. And then verse, or chapter 33 through 48, the consolation, the hope. The reading we have today is in chapter 18, about three quarters of the way through when God is hammering Judah. And what's interesting about this is he starts with a parable. And that parable is one I'm sure you're familiar with. He says, the word of the Lord came to me. And he says, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. I'm pretty sure you know what that means. But just in case you don't, I'll explain it. Just making sure. Because I know you're all Lutheran because the first four rows are empty. Um, I know I said it every time I come here, but I just think it's funny. So they're saying, the saying was, hey, our parents ate sour foods. It'd be like, and then because they ate sour foods, my teeth are rotten. So it'd be like you saying, I have bad teeth because my parents drank Coke and Pepsi while they were growing up. In other words, what Israel or Judah is saying is, hey, it's not our fault. We're sinful. It's our parents' fault. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. And this almost almost could be scriptural if you mess up on some of your interpretation, which they clearly were, and we hear it today. And so perhaps you've heard of God visiting the sins of the parents upon their children for three or four generations. It's written a couple times in the Old Testament. But that doesn't mean that God is going to punish the children because of the parents' sin. What's interesting is one of the places we find this is when God gives the Ten Commandments. And interesting when he says this is where he says it. He says it there about having no other gods. You shall make for yourself, not make for yourself, a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for the Lord your God is a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. It's interesting that God chooses this point in the Ten Commandments to tell them, be careful. If you're going to turn to false gods, the chances of your children doing the same are very real. And if your parents are going to be this way, then it's probably going to go on for generations. It's a commentary more so on parenting than it is about God punishing kids for the sins of their fathers. And it goes on after he says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. That's a key point of those that hate me. So as the parents go, oftentimes the children go. I say often because it doesn't always work that way. As a pastor, I have a lot of Parents in my congregation who have adult children who are no longer active in their faith and attending church, and it breaks their heart, and they did everything they could. 
At the same time, I also have people in my congregation whose parents never went to church a day in their life or atheist or anti-God, anti-everything, yet they're faithful. But what God is saying here is us as parents, we play a role in our children and the chances of them staying active in the church and being active and understanding what church is and what happens at church and the grace of God and the grace of Jesus Christ is far greater when your kids are active with you, when you bring your kids. One of the things that bugs me is I have four daughters, all under 11. That's why I'm tired and that's why I'm here, because I don't want to be at home. When I have vacation, I like going to other churches, but a lot of churches that we'll go to, I like going to non-Lutheran churches just to see what's going on, but a lot of non-Lutheran churches I go to, they won't let me into church because I have kids. I have to go sit in a little room over there, but I want my kids in church with me. So this is one thing we as Lutherans should do well, is we bring kids into church are they three-year-old? Do they understand the message? No. Do they understand? Do they interrupt the parents and affect their hearing? Absolutely. But they're being trained. They, they do hear along the way little bits and pieces, and so we welcome children. And so God is saying, hey, parents, watch your children. So I know a lot of you aren't parents yet, but you will be one day, so take this to heart. So the people back to our Ezekiel pastor saying, hey, it's my parents' fault. And God is punishing them. He's taking them off into captivity. And the people are going, what's going on, Lord? It's not our fault. It's what our parents did. In fact, later in the reading, they're telling God, hey, this isn't just. And God's saying, wow, this is just. Because you're the ones who sinned. You're the ones who have fallen short. And that's a message for all of us because today we don't think we're sinful. Okay, we know we're sinful. We generically say, Lord, forgive me my sins. I know, but then we live our lives. And we know premarital sex is wrong, but you guys are doing it anyway. You know getting drunk is wrong, but you're doing it anyway. That one I don't get. We're Lutheran. Moderation, if you're 21. But those sins, well, I know what God's saying, but it doesn't really apply to me. I know what I'm doing. That's carving images. That's carving a false god to worship. Our Lord says, you are sinful, and then Ezekiel hits a theme that he hits elsewhere in the scriptures. He says, I'm going to make, you turn to me, repent, and then I'm going to give you a new heart. Elsewhere in the book of Ezekiel, wonderful message. God says, I'm going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I love that because all of us are cold-hearted. All of us are stubborn and stuck in our ways. And God's saying, let me give you a new heart. And then I start thinking, well, how does God give us a new heart? Because you literally exchange it out. And so I sat back and I thought about this. And one of my worst fears as a parent, and I have a lot of them. I, it's not the worst because all of them are worst fears. But you, when you have kids, you'll see. Can you imagine having your child who needs a heart transplant? They need a new heart or they're going to die. You can't just go to the store and buy a new heart. You can't just make one. You need a heart. And so you pray, Lord, provide a heart, provide a heart, Lord, save my child's life. You can understand this, save my child's life. And at the same time, as you're praying that prayer, do you know what you're asking for? You're asking for somebody to die. In order for your child to have life, somebody has to die so you can take their heart and save your child's life. I can't imagine what that would be like for a parent. To know that you want your child to survive and they need a heart, yet you're praying for another set of family to lose a loved one. And then when that person dies, they take their heart and they, 
give it to your child and they live. And of course, by now, you should be really zoning in on that Jesus Christ is the one who gives us his heart. He's the one who gave his life on the cross. And through his death, we have his heart. And because we have his heart, through his resurrection, we have life. We are all rotten sinners because of what we have done. It's no one else's fault. I don't care what your parents have done. I don't care what your classmates or your roommates are doing. It's your fault. But God gives us a new heart. He gives us a heart transplant. What a powerful message, Ezekiel, as God is hammering the people. This is three quarters of the way through hammering Judah. He's saying, look, it turned to me. Get a new heart. Today we know that in Jesus Christ we have that heart. What a powerful message. Do we mess up? Absolutely, but God is providing. God gave his son so you can have a new heart. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.